You're listening to the Look Right Naked podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bach. This is the podcast for men and women who want to look right naked without living in the gym. If that sounds like you, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Losing fat is simple, but it's not easy. And so today we're going to cover the five best fat loss strategies that you can use to get ripped fast. But before we do, a quick story. A couple weeks ago, I was hanging out in New Jersey, my buddy Joey Persia, throwing an events uh, with a, a few other individuals, you know, talking business, you know, talking life, you know, all the fun stuff. And so the final day of the event, we were sitting down outside Joey's backyard, beautiful backyard, awesome outdoor lights, uh, smoking a cigar, drinking a little tequila, shooting the shit, having a good time. And we talked about how busy everyone is. You see, we're all in our late 20s to mid 30s. Many of us had kids and we got on this topic of busy and we came to the realization of this. You know, when I was in, in high school, well, I thought I was busy. And when I thought when I was in high school and I started playing sports, I thought I was busy. When I was in high school, I started playing sports and I was working, I thought I was busy. And then I went to college. And you know, when I got to college and I was playing football in the beginning, whew, man, I thought I was busy. And then when that stopped, but I started coaching and I started working in addition to going to class full time, I thought I was busy. And once I graduated college and when I was working full time as a coach and then getting up at 3.30, 4 in the morning to work on my online business, I thought I was busy. And then I got married on top of that and I thought I was busy. And then I went all into my own business and got married. Oh, damn. I was really busy. And then tell you what, I was married. I was a dad. I was building my business and building my team. Man, did I think I was busy. And the reality is everyone is busy all of the time. We either make the time to do the things that we know we have to get done, or we can sit, we continue to use busy as an excuse to neglect our health because you're always going to get busier. We can probably all sit back and look and say, you know what? Every year fucking does get busier. It really does. And so unless we make it a priority to take care of our health, to build these habits that we need, we're just gonna fall back in old habits. So a big lesson here is, listen, I know you're busy, but you know what? Everyone's busy. And you will either learn to take care of your health, take care of your body when you're busy, or a lack of health, a lack of confidence in your body, being out of shape, whatever that means for you, is going to come back and bite you in the ass. It will, because it's gonna thrust upon some illness, some injury, some component that could likely have been preventable if you were taking care of your health. And so that's just an important thing to keep in mind, especially during the holidays, which, hey, I totally got our busy, but we've got to continue hammering away at the things that we know we need to do because life does not slow down for us. Hey, before we jump into the meat of today's podcast, we're going to help you look great naked without leaving the gym with our Black Friday Season of Gains Sale of the Year. Now, what we're doing here, we're giving away up to four months of free coaching and $6,400 worth of bonuses when you sign up for coaching before the end of the day on Friday, November 24th. Yes, Black Friday. And we're kicking things off early to make sure you get the best deal possible. And unlike most people, you can actually lose some body fat, build lean muscle before the holidays really take off. Now, you can either stay stuck, you can stay struggling, consuming information, or you can take advantage of the best deal we have ever offered and our industry best money back guarantee. Meaning if it doesn't work for you and you're doing the work, we're going to give you your money back. You can keep the knowledge and we're going to part ways as friends. Sound fair enough? All you need to do, head over to bachperformance.com backslash Black Friday to get started. That link is also in the show notes. Hey, so across the board, losing fat is simple. We just got to create a calorie deficit, right? As simple as this concept is, 
eat less, move more, create a calorie deficit. It's simple across a broad spectrum of people. But within every person, there's a ton of variability. We have genetic variability. We have our past dieting history. We have the way that we train. We have our sleep. We have hormone levels. All of these things that play a role in terms of what actually creates a calorie deficit. And so in the fitness industry, there's a huge issue with people liking to highlight one particular diet and method or strategy as better than all the rest. And I get it. It's good marketing to have a position, state that position, shit on the other ones. You know, it's not too different from politics, which are all about marketing. Um, but the issue is it creates a set of beliefs where people like to attach themselves to one mechanism, right? They have a particular diet that they followed at one point and they always want to go back to it because it works so well, despite it not working quite as well anymore. And it's really frustrating because at least these dogmatic arguments of what's best, what sucks, all these different aspects. And so this leads to a lot of issues in regards to what you should actually focus on to be able to lose body fat, what actually matters, and overall information overload. And so the way that I like to explain this across the board and do this all the time when I'm talking with somebody who's interested in joining our coaching program, which you can do at botperformance.com backslash coaching, is say that, you know what, I view my approach as a coach with nutrition as I'm a mechanic. I know what tool to use at what time, but sometimes you need a wrench, sometimes you need a hammer, sometimes you need a drill. And you can't do a task that requires a hammer with a drill. It's probably not going to work too well, right? And so it's about knowing what tool to apply at what time. Because when it comes to this idea of a calorie deficit, a calorie deficit is not something that's linear. It adjusts up and down based on many different factors. Adjusts up and down based on our calorie intake our environment, the quality of the food that we have. And so these small adjustments can make a big difference over, over time. And so we have to think is the more we eat consistently, the higher it goes, right? We increase different hormones, leptin and ghrelin, um, and the less we eat, the cooler that thermometer gets, and we can slow down metabolically. And so what happens is some people will dramatically overeat for a long period of time. Metabolic rate's pretty high. We can drop calories a bit more aggressively and they lose body fat. But others, and the vast majority of people, I see this a ton in women, is this. They diet very aggressively. We're talking 30, 40, 50% deficits. I routinely hear from people where they're like, yeah, I've been eating 1,500 calories, 1,200 calories, 800 to 1,000 calories for months or for years. And I lost weight quickly and then it stopped. Now, it's a really frustrating thing, right? It's really frustrating because one, it's very difficult to do. Many times people will do something like that. Then they'll have one big blowout per week or every two weeks and they gain a ton of fat because their body's hypersensitive to storing it. But it also creates this fear around eating anything more because instinctively you're thinking, okay, well, I'm only eating this. If I actually increase my calories, I'm going to gain body fat. And so there's a lot of interpersonal variability that happens in there. And, you know, this podcast isn't going to dive deep into, you know, reverse diets and all these different things. But it's just important to understand that a calorie deficit can vary wildly for the individual. And in many cases, the eating style, if it's too aggressive, can actually lead people to dramatically overeat on occasion. And their body is going to be hypersensitive to storing more body fat. And that's why it's so important to find something that's practical, that's sustainable, and knowing what tool to use at what time when it comes to your diet. So let's talk about five diets that we routinely use to help you lose fat fast and some of the benefits, some of the drawbacks of each. Because with every type of eating, with every diet style, there's going to be a benefit, but also a drawback. And we always have to consider the biological cost of the things that we are doing when it comes to health and when it comes to fitness. So first and foremost, carb cycling. So here's how this works. You have high days and low days where you cycle your carbohydrate intake. When we do this, this can be a beneficial way because when we exercise, when we train, 
right? We are going to be more sensitive directly to carbohydrates, to insulin. So let's say you have a hard workout. Your body is going to be able to take carbohydrates in. It's going to help refuel glycogen stores inside your body. It's going to buffer cortisol, your body's primary stress hormone, drive muscle growth, and help you recover a lot quicker. But on days we don't train, especially for sedentary, sitting behind a desk, flicking our boogers all day, probably not flicking your boogers, but you get what I mean. We don't have, have as much of a need for carbohydrates to support that type of activity level. Okay. And so carb cycling can work incredibly well if you're looking to make a recomposition, lose a little bit of body fat, build some lean muscle. However, it's not perfect all the time because on one level, our body does not just stop recovering within 24 hours, right? As an example, I crushed my legs yesterday. Yeah, they are pretty sore today. That recovery did not just stop when we hit midnight last night. It's not done taking up carbohydrates. It's not done trying to build new tissue, right? And so where a lot of people run into issues with something like carb cycling, even though it can work very well for losing body fat, building lean muscle, and improving insulin sensitivity, is their workout recovery can be compromised if they take their calories and carbohydrates too low on those particular days. And so what we need to focus on is making sure that we have alignment between the type of training that you are doing and your ability to recover. And so carb cycling, can it work well? Yes, because it takes advantage of how sensitive your body is going to be to more carbohydrates directly with your training. However, there can be issues if our overall recovery is compromised. So one simple way to set up carb cycling is this. Let's say you have your training days. On your training days, you're going to have a starchy carbohydrate with each meal. You could have oatmeal with your breakfast. You could have rice at, with your lunch. You could have potato you know, at dinner. And then during your workout, you could have some highly branched cyclic dextrin. On the days where your carbohydrates are a little bit lower, we can actually remove carbohydrates from one, two, or all of those meals. So as an example, maybe breakfast, you just have eggs and a little bit of fruit. Lunch, you know, instead of having something with rice, let's say like a chipotle burrito bowl, now you have it without the rice and you have beans in there by itself, a little bit of carbohydrate, but not nearly as much. And then at dinner, maybe you have like a steak and veggies, something similar. And of course, because you don't have a workout, you're not having a carbohydrate powder like highly red cyclic dextrin. So you can keep everything else the same within your diet and nutrition, but you simply titrate the carbohydrates up and down depending on what your activity looks like for a day. The second diet, habit-based dieting. Now, if you hate tracking macros, hello, <laughs> this is for you. Now, let me tell you a quick story about my client, Jenna. Jenna came to me, she had tried every diet under the sun for years. She was actually referred from another, uh, another client of mine, this is back in Denver, and long story short with Jenna, after she had tried everything under the sun, calorie tracking wasn't the most you know, practical, pragmatic thing for her, we focused on changing her habits. And so what do I mean by changing your habits? Instead of focusing on just eat this food, this food, this food, this food, if we can create different habits and behaviors that lead to creating a calorie deficit, we can still create the desired outcome. But there's many ways to different, like fat loss comes down to creating a calorie deficit. There are many different ways we can get there. A habit-based approach looks at changing some of the actions that we take each day to elicit that overall response. And we can do the same thing for building lean muscle. It's pretty simple, right? And so in the case of Jenna, what did we do? Well, she was going out and she was entertaining clients on a regular basis. Um, she was in marketing, so they would be whining, dining, having some cocktails, having some good food. And that was something that had to stay because that's how she made the money. That's how she made the money, supported the family, right? And so what we did, cool. Like, let's move from margaritas to like a vodka soda. Let's move away from ordering the appetizers and getting a side salad. Like, these are all small habits that can really compound over time. What we can do is we can focus on gradually shifting these habits. They have to be simple. They have to be easy. We have to focus on one at a time to create a substantial change. And in the case of Jenna, 
she lost 130 pounds. Now, nine years later, guess what? She's kept that weight off because habits that we build stick. You see, much in the same way that you have to think about waking up and brushing your teeth, I hope, unless you have nasty teeth, when you start to gradually shift your habits, being healthy, doing the right things that support looking great naked without leaving in the gym become commonplace. It's not something that requires a boatload of motivation and pre-workout just to get your ass out of bed. And so here are a couple sample things that you can do with your habits. First, give yourself at least 21 days for each individual habit. When you start a habit, it should be easy. It should feel simple where you can do it even if shit hits the fan in your day with at least a nine or a 10 or a nine out of 10 level of consistency. And so here would be an example, all right? It could be, let's start drinking 100 ounces of water per day. If that's too much, go down to 80. And once you do that for 21 days, I like to get a calendar. When you, when you do a calendar, you create an X. It's actually called the Seinfeld method. You create a chain. Your only goal is not to break the chain, right? So cool. If we start drinking that water, guess what? Overall cellular hydration is going to improve. Digestion is going to improve. Energy levels are going to improve. You're actually going to have better control of your cravings and your stomach gets full in volume, not calories. And so it's going to help control caloric intake. Now, the second one might be drink two quality protein shakes each day. Do it for 21 days. Once we do that, guess what? Most people don't get enough protein. The average woman gets about 68 grams of protein. The average man gets 90 to 100 grams. If we're trying to optimize body composition, the sweet spot is 0.82 grams, but I like to run it up to one because it's easy to remember. So about one gram of protein per pound of body weight. And so having a protein shake can help us do that, which fills us up on protein, which is going to support lean muscle growth and losing body fat while keeping us full without some of the other bullshit. Okay. Next thing could be eat a vegetable with each meal. Listen, your body gets full in volume, not calories. And so if we're eating a fruit or a vegetable with each meal, we're going to be filling up with vital vitamins, nutrients, you know, phytonutrients, all these things that support long-term health and longevity. We can do that for 21 days. Then we can add, go for a 30 minute walk each morning. You do that pretty soon. You've got a 30 minute walk. You're having more protein. You're having more vegetables. You're having more water. Guess what? You're going to be in a really good spot to dramatically change your health and your body. And so while the habit-based approach takes longer, the results stick a lot longer. Using Jenna as the example, losing 130 pounds and keeping it off for nine plus years, that is well worth the patience that it requires. Again, one final tip here, I would get a calendar and then each day when you do that tip, you can cross it off directly. That creates a chain. And then the only goal here, just don't break the chain. Just keep stacking habits, baby. And diet strategy number three, intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting is a great strategy because we simply limit the duration of which you're eating. And by extension, when you have a shorter time duration, which you can eat, you can have larger, more satiating meals while still staying in a calorie deficit. This works incredibly well if you're somebody who's busy, someone who is eating on the go, somebody who's not naturally hungry in the morning, right? And so there are a lot of different things that we hear regarding benefits of insulin, of uh, intermittent fasting from improving insulin sensitivity, so your carbohydrate tolerance, to potentially increasing uh, autophagy inside your cells, increasing longevity, some interesting stuff in that regard. But the primary thing I like to focus on is intermittent fasting is a simple way to limit the, the time duration in which we eat, and by extension, then we can lose body fat. Um, a very common one is 16-8 intermittent fasting, and so in that case, you would fast for 16 hours, so say you stop eating around 8 p.m., and then you would not eat again until 12 noon the next day, and then you would stop again. And so when you're eating in that eight hour time window, you know, you can have set meals and consistency, probably have a little bit larger meals than you normally would, and you can still be at a calorie deficit. 
this works incredibly well for people who, are, again, are not huge fans of, say, early eating and also tend to have more of a social life where they want to have larger meals and dinners, stuff like that. So that can be very beneficial. However, intermittent fasting is not without its issues. 16-8 works very well for most men. I find that's often too aggressive for women, especially if it's paired with anything lower carbohydrate, simply because when you're not eating, you feel that increase in energy. That is cortisol. That is your body's primary stress hormone. And so if you're somebody who's chronically stressed already, and then we're following eating style that is going to be inherently more stressful, that can create some kind of binging, purging type of eating behavior. And that's one reason it's also not great for anybody who's got a history of any eating disorders, because it can really play into those things and exacerbate that a little bit more. And as mentioned, as stress gets higher, it doesn't always work. Let me give you a personal example. As of this recording, I'm 34 years old. Um, I use intermittent fasting a decent bit in my mid-20s, especially during fat loss phases to get dialed in for photo shoots. Did it work really well? It did. But my stress at that point was a lot less than what it is at this point in my life. You see, then I was recently married, had my business, but it wasn't nearly the same as it is now. And now if you fast forward to where I'm at, 34, yeah, metabolically, I'm a little bit older. That, that's part of the game. Uh, but in addition, I've also got a toddler. I've got a much larger business. I've got, you know, I've got people who are counting me, uh, counting on me to, you know, build the business and continue putting food on their table. Right? Um, the world's a little bit more of a stressful place. I would say than it was ten years ago. We can probably all cheers to that one as well. Right? And so, what we have to consider is things that work well at one point in life do not always continue to work well. And stress is a huge component of it. And so, if you get to the point where you're using intermittent fasting, you're wired up on caffeine all day, you've got a lot of stress and it's not working, well, chances are it might not be the best eating strategy for you. So, while it can work because it creates more flexibility while helping you adhere to a calorie deficit, there are definitive drawbacks of intermittent fasting, which is why when I typically use it, I use a shorter eating window for women, more like a 12 hour eating window because hormones are a little bit more sensitive there. And for men, 16, eight, um, then across the board, I like to reevaluate after 30 days. Often we pivot out of intermittent fasting. So it's a tool that we can use, not something we use indefinitely. Eating style number four, tracking macros, call it the, if it fits your macros approach. All right. So this one was popular years ago where it was basically eat whatever the fuck you want as long as it hits your numbers. So we have a set number of calories. We've got our protein, our carbohydrates and our fats. And so this can work simply because it allows more flexibility and indulgement. Like if, if you do everything else perfect, but you have a chocolate chip cookie to cap off the day and it makes you feel wonderful because chocolate chip cookies will do that and we can all relate. Fantastic. However, we saw some pretty aggressive misuses of this, right? Pretty soon we've got people trying to duplicate supersize meat, eating Whoppers or, you know, McDonald's and all that shit every single day and saying, hey, guess what? You can eat fast food every single day and still lose weight. Or you live on protein shakes and candy and have like one decent meal per day and say, well, guess what? I control my calories and hit my macros, so therefore I can lose weight. It illustrates the principle and the importance of, you know, nailing your calories. However, it disregards a lot of times the importance of quality food because food is more than just numbers. It contributes to a lot of different, you know, cellular, cellular signaling that goes on inside of our body, long-term health, longevity, all of these things that, that are important as well. Especially when you have random influencers who are, again, saying you can live on protein shakes, eating fast food, but then they fail to mention, you know, the clen, the trend, the test, growth hormone, all this other shit that they might be on. And so tracking macros, if it fits your macro style, the basic premise here, eat whatever you want, as long as you hit your numbers, can it work? It can. It can give you a little bit more flexibility and variability, 
However, you also have to be very diligent in your tracking and you have to make sure you're eating good quality foods so you don't have massive holes in terms of micronutrients and overall health. Um, and if this seems like a way that a lot of people justify eating like crap, but hitting numbers, many cases it can be. So maybe you want to be careful if that is the approach. Then point number five, macros and a meal plan. So essentially, here's what you do. You set up the calories that you need to hit a particular goal, fat loss, building muscle, whatever the case. Then you pick out specific meals that help you hit those numbers as closely as possible. Then you eat the same exact things while you track rinse and repeat. This works incredibly well, incredibly well. This is similar to what I do if I'm really trying to get dialed in, really trying to get lean. A lot of my clients who are trying to get shredded will do something similar here. And the reason it works, when we set up consistent meals, we are allowed to set it and forget it. And where most people struggle is they get stressed out about food. What should I be eating? When should I be eating? How much should I be eating? And so if we want to eliminate that, that inherent stress, and when we have additional decisions to make around food, we're more likely to mess them up. Well, we eat the same foods on repeat at the same times in the same amounts, and we continue to go from there. And so while this can be boring, while this can feel a little bit restrictive in some ways, it works incredibly well. And so if you can stick to it 90% of the time, nail your meals, it's going to be an incredibly, incredibly powerful way to get great results. This is what most people who get into incredible shape do. This is what most physique competitors do. And so when you stick to it, you know how foods react and you can reduce decisions and you can be less stressed. This will work incredibly well for you. I find this also works incredibly well for people who travel, who are very type A, who just want to know exactly what to do without having to make a million decisions. This is the perfect thing for it. The downside can be you have a little bit less variability, right? And if you're going to have variability within it and you're going to go out to dinner and do something differently, you might have to adjust what the rest of your day looks like. But by and large, this is a great way to get in incredible shape and lose body fat. When we can reduce decisions, that's going to lead to a lot better outcome most of the time. So there you have it. Those are five different diet strategies that can work incredibly well for getting shredded. Now, the key here is you got to find what's right for you. There is no perfect diet. There is no diet that's going to work all the way across the board all the time. And your body's going to respond differently because we have changes in terms of stress, hormones, metabolic function, physique, all of these aspects. And so what you have to do is not get married to any one particular diet strategy. Instead, when you understand the root principle, the keys that we're really trying to do, that's how you can really find that long-term consistency to look great naked without living in the gym. Now, if this is something you've tried, but you haven't gotten the results that you should on your own, this is exactly what we teach inside of our look right naked protocol. You see, what we're about isn't just getting you an incredible result. It's not just about seeing your abs and looking fantastic. All that does happen the vast majority of the time. We want to help you understand the why behind everything that we do. Because when you are empowered, when you have knowledge, when you know how to make adjustments based on your body, based on how you're feeling, that's how you can create a long-term sustainable transformation. So if you want to look right naked without living in the gym, your next step is simple. All you need to do, head over to botperformance.com backslash coaching and fill out the short application and we will go from there. Until next time. Hey, it's Eric here again. Now, there are three ways that I can help you look great naked. Number one, if you want to grab a free copy of the Look Great Naked Protocol to help you lose body fat without counting calories, then go to bachperformance.com backslash free training. Number two, if you're a busy guy looking to build muscle, then I recommend checking out our Minimalist Muscle Blitz, which has helped over 1,000 men build muscle without living in the gym. Just go to minimalistmuscleblitz.com. 
The link will also be available in the show notes. Or number three, and last, if you want to work with me directly and get the best results possible, apply at bachperformance.com backslash coaching to look great naked without living in the gym. Until next time, my friend. Thank you.